Matthew 1, 18 to 25. And I'm reading for the New International Version. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Good morning, church. Merry Christmas. This morning, uh, I've got the privilege of sharing the Christmas message with you. Um, I'm going to briefly explore one of the names of Jesus. And there in the passage that Pastor Jeanette read out in Matthew 1.23, says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now I can see you. Emmanuel, it's not like a middle name for Jesus or something. It's a title, a title which is a Hebrew name, and it's a title that has significant effects on the way we understand who Jesus is and who we know him to be. But before we get into it, I'd love to know, do you have a favourite Christmas movie? that you watch maybe every year on repeat and you just love it. You can't get enough of it. I was having a conversation just uh, last week with some of our young adults about their favourite Christmas movies. And uh, one of them, their favourite Christmas movie was Die Hard. And I was like, what? Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. It's set during Christmas time. That doesn't make it a Christmas movie. Surely that doesn't count. My in-laws every year watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's another old movie, uh, but it's another great one. Uh, One for the younger generation, you can't go past Elf. That is a great movie. It's so funny, so funny. But my favourite, my number one top, top Christmas movie has got to be Home Alone. Yes. It's iconic. That is a great movie. Kevin McAllister is accidentally left behind by his family as they go on their Christmas holiday to Paris. And he ends up having to defend his home from burglars. And it's, yeah, it's a great movie. I had a Christmas one year that I guess was a bit inspired by Home Alone. 
When I was in high school, my parents asked me, do you want to come to Europe with us over the Christmas school holidays? You know, we'd go to London, we'd go to Paris, we'd go to Switzerland, these amazing, beautiful places. But a teenage me thought about it, and I asked myself, do I want to spend my summer holidays walking around museums, getting sore feet, looking at old things I don't really care about or know nothing about? Or I could stay home, eat Nutella on ice cream for breakfast, and play video games all day. So what did teenage me choose? I stayed home. Uh, I, st I stayed home with my older sisters, but my parents left me. Uh, and that was, it, for me, that Christmas felt like it was a bit like home alone for me. Uh, looking back, I was kind of waiting, looking out the window, are there going to be some people I'm going to have to defend my house from? No, didn't have anyone, burglar house. Looking back now, I kind of regret not taking that holiday to Europe, especially now that COVID has made travel so much more difficult. But I think we often feel, we often think life will be better when we do it alone. How often do we rely on ourselves so we don't risk the pain of someone else letting us down? How often do we shut ourselves off from other people so we don't make ourselves vulnerable? And I think this can often reflect the way we relate to God as well. We try to do life independent from God. And when we do that, we don't live in harmony with God, we live in rebellion against God. But God wants relationship with us. And that's what Christmas is all about. He shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. It's not Emmanuel, God distant from us. No, it's Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is a reminder to us that God desires relationship with us. And if that is the only thing you take away from this morning's message, I'll be happy because God desires relationship with us. But why send Jesus? Why send him to show us he wants relationship with us? Well, God looked at the world and saw his people ignoring him and hurting each other. And God wants to rid the world of evil. And don't we all so want to see that? We want to see our world ridded and gone, evil gone. But there's a problem. Jesus, on his famous Sermon on the Mount, said that the same anger that drives the murderer is the same anger that we have with our brother or sister. He also said the same lust that looks with envy is the same lust that is cheating on your spouse. The same evil that we want gone out there is also in each of us in here. So we want God to get rid of evil but we need him to do it without getting rid of us. And God will do it through the coming of Jesus. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. And the angel tells us in Matthew 1.21 what kind of salvation mission he is on. He will save his people from their sins. God is in Jesus became flesh. God entered time and space to save us from sin, the evil in our world. 
Jesus came to redeem us, you and me, not just to rid the world of darkness out there, but also to rid the, the darkness that's in each of us as well. And that's why the coming of Jesus is such good news. And that's why Christmas is a story of hope. One of my favourite things about Christmas is the food. And all the men here are like, yep. And all the women are like, typical, rolling their eyes, shaking their heads. But every year, Clyde makes an amazing glazed ham. That's just delicious. It's a grandmother's recipe. And everyone makes so much food on Christmas that we get to take like 80% of it back home and I'm still eating like ham for days. It's great. Um, but I have this problem with Christmas meals. I always forget to leave room for dessert. I get so excited with what's in front of me, I just eat. And then I forget dessert's coming. Maybe this year, actually, I should eat dessert first and then go back for Maine. Mm, I, I digress. Um, but I think it's so easy to get distracted with, by the things that are right in front of us that we forget to make room for the things that are important, like dessert. But in all seriousness, are we so distracted, so preoccupied that we don't have room for God in our lives? This Christmas, as you eat your dessert today, think of Emmanuel, God with us. And remember, God desires a relationship with you. I have a five-week-old baby girl at home, and she is very, very needy, as you can imagine. She literally cannot do a single thing by herself. She has to be fed. She has to be burped. She has to be changed. She has to be clothed. She has to be comforted. The only thing she can do is vomit all over my favorite Christmas shirt. That's the only thing she can do. But babies are so needy. And so when we read that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, we need to see that God became a baby, and that is just extraordinary. That is mind-blowing, that God who doesn't need anything, God who is completely self-sufficient, would become one of us. He came down to our level to meet us where we are and become a human with needs and limitations. Jesus, God in flesh, was completely reliant on his parents, Mary and Joseph, to be fed, to be changed, to be burped, completely at risk of being hurt by those around him, completely vulnerable of being taken advantage of. Philippians 2.7 tells us, he, being Jesus, made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. At Christmas, Jesus, the eternal Son of God, humbled himself and experienced the, the limitations of humanity. God became a human being with needs. He could feel pain. He was vulnerable and exposed. Still fully God, but also fully human. What an incredible thing that God would do that to save us. That he would humble himself to save us. God has gone incredible lengths to reveal himself to us through Christmas. He came to meet us in the exhaustion of trying to do life alone, independent from God. So this Christmas Day, I want to challenge you as I finish up, what is your response 
to Jesus' coming. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, it concludes with these words of Jesus. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus might have been born 2,000 years ago on the other side of the world in Bethlehem, but Jesus is still with us now, today, after he was crucified, paying our debt of sin, he was raised to life. And now we too can share in his death the payment of our sin. And then we too can share in his resurrection the gift of new life relationship with God eternally. We can have hope in the midst of whatever 2022 holds with us, holds for us because God is with us. And remember, God is with you. I'm going to invite Catherine and the, and the team to come up as we sing our final carol, Angels We Have Heard on High. Have a happy Christmas, everyone.